Good afternoon. It's time to begin our afternoon evening worship. Begin with number 164. 164, glorious is thy name. Blessed Savior, we adore thee, we thy love and grace proclaim. Next song is Hero Israel, and after the song, Rick will have our opening word of prayer.
No reading, just prayer. Let's pray. Father who art in heaven, we thank you for our opportunity to have together again today to study your word, to sing songs of praise to you, to lift up our hearts in praise and glorification of you and your name and all that you are. We stand in awe, Father, that you would allow us to approach you with the majesty that you possess and the power that you have demonstrated uh, in the past and even today. We pray that all that we do when we do come to worship you will be in accordance with your will, with accord in accordance with the pattern that you have laid down for us as best as we can determine in scripture and that our praise and our worship will, will please you, will, will sanctify you and satisfy you. We give thanks, Father, for all of those blessings that you have given to us. Your love and your creation of this wonderful earth that we have to inhabit. We thank you for the plan of salvation that you began from the very beginning, even before time, to send your son to this earth to die for us and for our sins knowing that man is weak and man sins and man goes against what you would have him do and does not do what you would have him do. We're thankful, Father, that you saw fit to send your son from heaven to come to this earth, to take on the form of man, to preach his word about his kingdom to mankind in hopes that man would respond and would repent. We're thankful that he accomplished all he did in his ministry and ultimately died on the cross for us and for our sins so that we would not have to bear the punishment that we so richly deserve for those sins. We're thankful that he cultivated the apostles and other early inspired individuals who would initiate your plan for your kingdom here on this earth, the church. We're thankful that it had its growth and its spread as we find in the early chapters of Acts. And that we're thankful for the fact that your church still exists today and we can be a part of that, of that glorious group that will enter heaven one day at the end of time. We're thankful for Jesus' love for us, Father, that he was willing to come and make that sacrifice for us, to undergo what it must have been like to be in the flesh of man after having been in heaven, to undergo the disappointments that he underwent on our behalf, then ultimately the torture, the beatings, the spittings, and, and all that he went through, and ultimately die a death of shame on the cross we know, Father, that it was not a death of shame because without that sacrifice, we would not have a relationship with you, would not have forgiveness of sins, and would not have the opportunity for salvation after this life is over. We thank you for all that you've done, Father. 
We ask that you be with those of this congregation who are suffering in one way or another. We pray that they can reach out to you for uh, relief or comfort, whatever that you may be able to grant them. We ask this prayer in your son's name. Amen. Song invitation this afternoon is number 50, five zero. And for the lesson, we're singing Camping Toward Canaan's Land. Would you would stand, please, if you're willing and able. If you remember the slides we used to have, we were camping on Canaan land, toward Canaan land, and in Canaan land. We since have new slides. Now, I think in every instance, I think it's toward Canaan's land. So <laughs> take note of that. <clears throat> I will leave this land of bondage with its earthly treasures. I'll journey to a place where there is love on every hand. I'll exchange a land of heartache for a land of pleasure. I'm camping, I'm camping toward Canaan's happy land. Every day I'm camping toward the land of Canaan. And with rapture I'll survey its wondrous beauties grand. Good afternoon. I love these one o'clock services. I think they're great. And the food just plays a minimal part in that. It's nice to be able to get together and talk and enjoy each other. It's also nice to get to be able to serve together. 
Uh, that's part of our duty as a Christian. Turn to James chapter 2. You're familiar with this passage, but I want to remind you of it today. James 2 verse 14 James is a very practical book. As he looks out at his uh, readership, the ones who are reading the letter James is writing, he wants to be very practical with these folks. Uh, he is a brother, at least a half-brother, of Jesus, and uh, he is a witness to the resurrection, and he is bought in. He believes that Jesus really is the answer to all of life's questions. And this question in particular, James is... Uh, giving the answer to us here in James chapter 2, verse 14. Do I need to work to be able to, to have faith? Does it mean that I have to get to work? Yes. James, via the Holy Spirit, will give us a resounding yes. If you don't work, you don't really have faith. And that's what our last Sunday of the month projects are for. They are an opportunity for us to show our faith, but also an opportunity, of course, to to do some good things uh, that our faith is motivating us to do anyhow. It just gives us the opportunity to do those things together. And so James chapter 2, verse 14, he says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? He gives an illustration. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe in God. This is one of the passages that I alluded to in the lesson this morning. It says, you believe, in, you believe that God is one. You do well, but even the demons believe, and they shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart, works, apart from works is useless? And then he gives you the illustration of Abraham who was justified, he says, by his works when he offered up Isaac on the altar. And so you see that faith was active along with his works. It takes faith, it takes an active faith uh, and an active works, active good deeds. These two things are the same side, or the two sides of the same coin. Flip over to Philippians chapter 2. I want to give you one more illustration. The lesson will be yours. Philippians chapter 2. This is a congregation Paul is very, very proud of. There are um, letters written to, to congregations that are struggling. You think of uh, uh, the books of Corinthians written to the Corinthian congregation. These, this is a congregation that is struggling. You think of Colossians and the Colossi church. They were struggling with the supremacy of Christ. Is, is Jesus actually deity? There's a several congregations in the first century uh, that are struggling Philippi is struggling, but Paul is very, very proud of this congregation. They have some unity issues, and there's some things that are kind of around the edges of their congregation that can be problematic if they're not dealt with very quickly. And Paul encourages them to deal with these things. But one of the things uh, he tells them is that they have done exceedingly well. But he's hopeful to send them some encouragement very soon. Look in Philippians chapter 2, verse 19. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be generally concerned for your welfare. What a statement that is by Paul, right? He says Timothy's the standout. Out of all of his co-workers, out of all the men and women that, that Paul 
has surrounded himself with, who preach and teach the gospel, who encourage. He says, Timothy is the, 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 the standout. He's the, the best. He's the number one. I don't have anybody like this guy. I hope, therefore, in verse 23, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. He's concerned at this point. He's in prison while he writes Philippians, and he wants to, to have a verdict on, on what's going to happen to his own life. Will he continue on in prison, or will he be set free? Will he possibly go on to, to his reward? He doesn't know yet, and so he wants to figure that part of the puzzle out before he sends Timothy to them. And so he's waiting. Uh, but in verse 24, he says, And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. That's what he's hopeful for, at least. In verse 25, he says, I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus. Now, if you don't know Epaphroditus, he is the guy that we're talking about today. He's the guy you need to, need to get acquainted with. Here's what Paul says about Epaphroditus. He's my brother and a, a fellow worker and a fellow soldier and your messenger and minister to my need. So Epaphroditus is the guy that brought the Philippians' concern to Paul originally. And he's the one who uh, has caused the book of Philippians to be written. It's Paul's answer to some of the problems and the things that are going on in Philippi. Epaphroditus is the one who brought that original message to Paul. And so Paul is um, impressed with this guy, Epaphroditus. Uh, he's done a great work uh, around Paul. Listen to what else he says in verse 26. For he, that's Epaphroditus, has been longing for you and for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. So he was concerned that they were concerned about him. He didn't want them to, to lose their faith because of their, their uh, incredible uh, concern over his illness. Sometimes when folks are ill, it affects our faith. And he says, I don't, I don't want that for them, and so I'm concerned about them. That's a that's a biblical concern, isn't it? He, he's thinking right about this. Verse 27, he says, Indeed, he was ill, near to death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Paul says this guy's faith, his life, his works, are something that are a blessing to me, but they're also a blessing to you. Uh, I am more eager, in verse 28, to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, that I may be less anxious. Paul kind of says, here's, here's this guy that has been given into my care, and I'm ready to send him back to you. He's a good man, and he can, he can help your faith. He can help grow your faith, and I'm anxious to send him uh, on his way so that can, that can start happening again. Verse 29, so receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, Christ risk, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. And so here's a guy, Epaphroditus, who is looking for opportunities to serve. He sees one when Paul needs to make some comments to the Philippian congregation. And so he takes the Philippian congregation's concerns, some of the things that they're struggling with, and he brings them to Paul. This is apparently his idea. We don't, we don't see that Paul uh, initiated this. This is apparently something the Philippian congregation sent him to do. And so here's a guy who's looking for opportunities to serve. He finally gets to Paul, and you know what he does there? He serves. He looks for opportunities to help in the kingdom. And so uh, he has made himself indispensable to the great apostle Paul. What kind of guy is that? What kind of work would you think he has been doing? Uh, I think he's been consumed 
with work for Christ. If you've impressed Paul, you've done something. And Paul seems to be quite impressed with this, with this man, Epaphroditus. And so here's a guy who is focused on working in the kingdom. He's going to find a niche for himself. He's going to find an opportunity to serve. And this is something we need to hear too. Because sometimes it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to just live our lives and not work in the kingdom. And that's one of the things that these last Sunday of the month projects allow for us to do. They give us an opportunity to serve in the kingdom. Uh, this, this, they bring back to our minds this opportunity. And so maybe you've been looking for an opportunity to serve. Well, let me tell you about some of the things that we're going to be doing today. Uh, we're going to be making these bracelets. Um, my kids have been making these bracelets for quite a while, these paracord bracelets. Um, made this one last night. It's in the colors of Peru. So we're going to take some of these to Peru with us when we go next year. We'll just start making them now, and we'll hand them out in the, in the hundreds, I would imagine. When we go to El Salvador, one of the things that we do after VBS is to make balloon animals with the kids. And there are a couple hundred kids in El Salvador at each congregation we visit. Uh, and each one of them would love to have something like this as, long, as well as a balloon animal. So we're going to hand out some of those while we're in Peru. We're also making those for Nigeria. We've sent, uh, I think we're up to around 100 now that we've sent over to Nigeria uh, in care of Moses. And he's handing those out to attract attention to his work as gospel preacher as well as uh, the school that he's, uh, that he's working with over there. So... Uh, Simple things, right? We've talked about this a lot in the past. This is nothing big. It takes five minutes to make one of these things. Uh, just a little bit of know-how. You can learn it re really quickly. Like I said, uh, my three oldest ones, uh, Hannah's five, and she, she's making one today. She's made several. Um, so this is not anything big, but it is an opportunity to serve, and God likes to turn little things like this into big things that he uses in his kingdom. Uh, I'm also interested in sending these to, uh, to cancer patients. So if you know of a cancer patient, uh, somebody that's struggling with cancer, I would love to hear their story. And we can make them one of these that has the specific type of cancer that they're struggling with. You can give it to them. Uh, we don't want any of the praise for that. We just want to give that to them. And every time they look at it, it's a reminder that somebody's praying for them. And so maybe we can do some stuff like that. It would be helpful as an outreach and as an opportunity for us with some of our friends that are struggling to let them know that God loves them and that we're praying for them and we care about their situation. So those are some things that we can be doing uh, in that regard. As well, we're going to be making some bread today. So if you'd like to make bread, uh, you're going to meet in the Fellowship Hall kitchen. We usually make bread with ovens, I'm told. <laughs> and so uh, we're going to meet in the kitchen in there. And uh, Miss Wanda and Miss Connie, I think a couple other ladies, are going to show you how to do that. You'll get to mix some of the the ingredients there and, and uh, watch the bread as it rises and uh, we'll uh, wrap those up uh, later and you'll get to deliver those. I'm thinking those are going to go to, uh, if there's somebody new that's moved into your, into your, um, your neighborhood, uh, I think that'd be a great opportunity to welcome them to the neighborhood uh, as well as giving them this, this uh, loaf of bread and invite them to services with us. Um, if you brought a visitor to visitor today. We'd love for them to have a loaf of bread. Um, we're going to keep some of those loaves here uh, on ice on ice in the freezer and when uh, somebody comes looking for um, help with food, we'll be able to give them a fresh loaf of, of bread as well. So there's just a variety of things we can do with this, with bread, with in fact all the service projects that we're involved with. Each one of these things has multiplicity of uses and so it's not just going to one place. So when you make a bracelet, when you make the bread, when you make a hat, when you make a card for one of the kids that are in NECO, it, it goes a lot farther than you might think it would. 
Because God tends to like to use small things in big ways. If his people are looking for opportunities to serve. Just like our, our friend Epaphroditus here was looking for opportunities to serve. So today, if you're looking for an opportunity to serve, there, these are two opportunities that you have uh, right before you today that would be very beneficial, I think, for you as well as for the kingdom. Today, if you haven't been baptized into Christ, that's something we need to take care of uh, very, very quickly, isn't it? Because that's where we meet uh, salvation, isn't it? That's what we talked about this morning. And so as you go under the waters of baptism, your sins are washed away and you come up out of the waters a brand new creation, someone who's focused on his kingdom and his goals. Maybe you've already made the decision this evening and you just need the prayers of this congregation to be who God would have you to be. If you have any need tonight, won't you come as we stand and see? Have you been to Good afternoon. My bad. I knew I dressed up for some things because I had announcements today. Um, let's see. Uh, coming up on the 5th, we have the Father-Son Campout. Don't need to talk about the potluck because we already had that. Uh, Wednesday, August the 3rd, will be the Stepping Stone Supper. We'll have spaghetti for supper, and we'll have an elders meeting following that as well. And then on the 4th, ladies' Bible class will start back uh, this coming Thursday on the 4th at 10 a.m. Then on the 6th, uh, that Saturday, we'll be at the, have the Fort Hill Gathering. Um, the, uh, the minister at the Cerrito Congregation, Mr. Matt McBrayer, uh, him and his family were involved in a motor vehicle accident. So if you could keep, if you could keep that family in your prayers, 
donations are being requested to help with uh, the purchase of another vehicle. And if you'd like to help with that, please see Ms. Christy McAllister today. Um, the Pittman and the Carver family are in need of prayers. Uh, at the passing of Ms. Wanda Allen, she passed away this Saturday. Also on our prayer list is uh, list is Ms. Lisa Baisden, Jim Haney, Sandy Galloway, Maxine Romy, uh, Jennifer Baker, Janie and Glenn Judge, and Vicki Bowen. Uh, also this evening at 6 p.m. is the college-age cookout and game night at the Miller's house. And if you don't know where they live, you can meet me here at the church building at 5.30, and you can follow me or ask for directions. And there will be food provided, so that is always a good thing. Uh, we'll have one more song. And then we'll have a closing prayer. If you do not have the chance to partake of the Lord's Supper, it'll be uh, in the library right here, or in the immediate conference room. That's what it's called, the conference room. And uh, someone will be there to assist you. We'll close this afternoon with oceans one more time. So I did this last week, and I'm going to try it tonight.
us pray. Dear God, we come to you at this time, Father, thanking you so much for today, for the blessing of this first day of the week, that we could be here to worship you, Father. We thank you for allowing us the, the health and the ability to be here, and thank you for your son, Jesus, and um, the opportunity to reflect and remember the sacrifice that he made for each one of us on the cross, and the hope that we have because of that love and, and sacrifice, and pray that we never forget that, Father, and that we live our lives for him always, and we're mindful of so many, Father, that are struggling with various health issues, those that have been mentioned today, and um, just pray for each one of our members that are struggling, that are unable to be here and going through difficulties, be with each of them. We pray for the McBrayer family and um, what they're going through, and, and also for those in eastern Kentucky, Father, that are dealing with the aftermath of the floods. We just pray for them, and as they uh, begin to recover and, and rebuild and, and just be with those individuals and and Father, we uh, again just thank you for all that you do for us, for your love for us, and we know that we are weak and, and fall short so often, Father, and we just thank you for your grace and your mercy that you have for us, and be with us as we leave here this day, give us safe travels home, a good night's rest, and a good week ahead, and it's through Jesus we pray, amen.